Welcome to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. A podcast about events, travel, and the people who love both. Find more episodes at vacationraces.com. Welcome back to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. I am the Vacation Races announcer, Colleen Rue, and I'm here with race director of the Zion Half Marathon, Anna Basso. I mess up Anna's last name on at least a weekly basis, and we've been <laughs> friends for at least, well, let's see. Let's go back 10 years running with Zion Half Marathon, right? Yeah, yeah. And at that time, 10 years ago, you weren't working with Vacation Races just yet, but you were kind of on the outskirts working with a mm-hmm. sponsor. And yep. so got I think to I knew know- of you, but I don't know if we would call ourselves friends at that point. So yeah, maybe probably our friendship not. is about eight years running, eight years running. So yes, it, Anna's been around for a long time and she's taking over. She was the race director last year for the Zion half. And this year we are back to the original traditional course of the Zion half marathon. That's exciting. OG for year 10. Wow. Back to it. So let's go back. Let's just talk year 10. Vacation Race is celebrating 10 years running. Of course, March 23rd, 2012 was where the genesis of Vacation Races came from. We had our first Vacation Races event in Zion on this original course. I was there working with Lyle Anderson and Sherry Santiago. I was working on the course with them. I just remember I have so many fond memories of that because we only had 600 runners. That's it. 600. Can you imagine? I want to say Lyle said that everything he needed for the aid aid station could fit in the back of one truck and like one more spillover vehicle. Oh, yeah. Easy. Easy. Very, very easy. And there's so many funny stories from back then. We used to have, you know, we had those fast flowing spigots, I guess we call them on Mm -hmm. the, the jugs at the aid stations. And those work so well these days. Well, back in the day, they didn't work so well. They were really, really sensitive. And what would happen is we'd fill all these jugs for all the aid stations. We put them in the back of the truck to go put them out the morning before it started. And we'd I just remember we came out to the truck in the morning. There was water everywhere under the truck. Half of the jugs were half empty. Everywhere but in the coolers. Everywhere but in the coolers was the water. And so, you know, it's just funny to think back on those memories. But 10 years, March 23rd, 2012 is when it all started. I know, shout out to the Skinners, Corey and Monica Skinner. They have run every edition of the Zion Half Marathon. So that's pretty cool. I don't know. Is there anybody else on that list? No, there's a, there's a number of people who have run eight or more of the events. Okay. Monica and Corey are the only ones, as far as we know, that have run all t- or will have run all 10. Wow. So if you, if you want to look in your race guide, we give a shout out to them as far as a few of our other legacy runners is what we call them. Yeah. So in the Skinners, you probably, if you've been around vacation races for a while, you have seen them. They do a lot of pacing with beast pacing for us and they're just an amazing couple. And we're glad that we've been able to have them with us for 10 years, but what else is going on with vacation races on this 10 year celebration? Anna, there's some little, there's some things that look a little bit different. Yes. We have a little bit of a different look this year. Um, our vacation races logo's got a, a facelift, if you will. We are just celebrating our 10 year anniversary. And so you, you can see different colors and swatches. We're going to have a new design on our medals, um, our, our medals or the ribbons. It's a sneak peek. You can, you're going to have to see it once you get to the race. Nice. We've got new sticker designs, new buttons. These are all collectors items just because it's a special thing we're doing for the 10 year anniversary. 
So included with that, we have a special badge. It's going to be on the sleeve of your race shirt. That logo is going to be on our finish arch. So be on the lookout for all of this new look for every single race we've got this year. We're celebrating 10 years, but this race specifically is extra, extra special because it's the 10 year anniversary of this race itself. Yeah. And we do have, let's see, Rocky Mountain is not 10 years this year, right? Because it, it's not technically because, because we didn't we, do it every year. Yeah. We yeah. bunny hopped it a few years. It's we had Rocky Mountain as a first of the year when we when we started vacation races. I say we just because I'm a part of the company. I was not with vacation races in 2012, but the three original courses were Zion, Rocky Mountain, and Lake Powell. But Zion is the one that's celebrating a 10 year straight. Yeah. And then Lake Powell will as well at the yeah, end of the year. Lake so as well. For over 40 years, Nathan has provided best-in-class running essentials designed to help runners enhance and improve their performance mile after mile and year after year. From our hydration vests and handhelds to our safety gear and apparel, Nathan products deliver on what matters most to you. Intuitive design, comfort, quality, and smart storage. Check us out at NathanSports.com or follow at NathanSportsInc on Instagram. I have to tell a funny story going back 10 years with Lake Powell. Again, I was working on the crew at the time. I was not at the finish line as the race announcer. And so I was actually working with the crew. And Friday, and, and you'll kind of appreciate this, Friday, the crew didn't have to go to the expo. And Lyle wanted us to go out and we would mark the course by running the course. And so yes, yes, we ended up, I mean, this is Friday. Nowadays, that would never happen. We would never do that on a Friday where the crew would all go out and run. We ended up running 17 miles that day. <laughs> trying to mark the course just working out the kinks the I day know. before the race yeah it's just it's just so funny to see how far we've come in those 10 years and and again so many participants how many participants are we looking at for this Zion half marathon this year so we've got over 2700 participants signed up to race um we're really excited for this event just i'm excited to be back to Zion's original course so just for a little bit of back history. And I used an S at the end of Zion on purpose. Did you? A, <laughs> Zion National Park is not plural, okay? <laughs> yes. Um, we've just from road construction to other unforeseen things. Um, COVID was a factor in a previous year. We, we've had to bounce around with our course from time to time throughout the 10 years having it Zion Half Marathon. So I am excited to be back. This, this course is beautiful because you get to run to Zion and you see yourself getting closer and closer to those mountains and cliffs. And it's just, it's very cool as the sun comes up, you're coming around the corner and at each turn you take, it's going to get prettier and prettier. Yeah, it really does. Finishing right there, right at the gates of the park. That's what's so cool mm -hmm. is you literally are finishing right at the gates of the park. And it really is a beautiful course. It's a challenging course. It can be a challenging course at times. Kind of talk through that profile. I know when I was looking at the elevation, there's this one little bump. It looks like this nice, sustained little bit of uphill grade. And then all of a sudden there's this bump in the middle of this elevation chart, oh, Anna. Yeah. Those elevation charts, especially for a distance, I don't want to downplay the fact that 13 miles, that's, that's a significant distance. It is. But oftentimes those little bumps and things look too dramatic when it applies to distances like 10 miles or less, yes. or in this case, a half marathon. So yeah, if you're looking at about 
what is that? It's mile about mile seven. I think it's about mile seven, seven. eight station. Yeah. There is a hill. I won't, I won't lie about that, but it's not as significant as that might appear. It looks like a plateau on the right, elevation right. profile. There is a hill. So be prepared for that. Make sure you're, you know, you've got your hydration, you've been preparing leading up to that point. So, so get ready for it, but it's not like a, an endless hill. We'll say no, it's the not. overall profile of the course is an uphill thing. And we've had people tell us in the past, like, oh man, this course would be so much easier if you just had a downhill run. And, but then you think about it, you say, okay, so let's start in this beautiful area. And not that Southern Utah, all of Southern Utah is beautiful in my opinion, but you don't want to be running away from Zion yes, getting lower and lower and more desolate as far as your landscape. You want to, you want to go to Zion. That's the goal. Go to Zion. That's why sometimes you got to work for it a little bit. So we got an elevation gain of 590 feet over 13 miles really is not incredibly steep. Not too bad. The one hill that you see is the the Rockville Hill and there's an aid station right at the top of it. It's it's about mile seven. And from there, really, things just feel kind of flat. There's another little bump as you're coming into Springdale right there as you kind of come up by the Springdale sign. But... Yeah, it is uphill, the Rockville Hill, just before mile seven. You're going to notice it. So just remember that we talked about it, but it doesn't look like Mount Everest does here on this elevation chart that we're looking at this race guide. So you will get your race guide in electronic format in your email. You'll have that. We'll have some hard paper copies at the expo as well, but that electronic copy is kind of your best friend and you can print that out before you come if you want to take it with you. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's kind of work through how this is going to work the weekend of the event. Friday, we have our expo and expo is going to be located close to the finish line, right? Yep. It's staged at Cable Mountain Lodge or right in front of it. Um, In addition to that, there's the Zion Brew Pub. It's all in what's called the Zion Canyon Village. So it will be an outdoor expo right in front of that brew pub. And when you come to the expo, you will see the finish line getting set up as we are preparing for it for the next um, day. So you can kind of just get your bearings on what to expect when you show up to the expo. It's a beautiful expo backdrop. I mean, it's probably one of our prettiest expo locations. Let's just I be agree. honest. I agree. You're just right there. We next started to- out with a high bar to reach for all the other races. We really follow. did. We really did. You start right there at the footbridge that goes right into the park. And so it's, it's beautiful. Of course, those coming who want to go visit Zion, let's kind of talk just visiting Zion on Friday versus Saturday. We're at that kind of shoulder season for Zion a little bit. If Zion actually has a shoulder season anymore, it, right. it's it's more like a, I don't know, an elbow season. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's definitely, um, it quiets down a little bit, which means shuttles aren't running because Zion Canyon generally has shuttles, but shuttles are running on the weekends by the time yeah. we get there. So right now being their winter or shoulder season, they are um, so currently as, as we record this podcast, shuttles are not running, but as of February 19th, they will be running park shuttle service on the weekends only. So that means Saturday and Sunday, um, which means that, you must take a shuttle to get into means the canyon. You must take a shuttle to get into the Canyon. You can still drive through the Mount Carmel tunnel and get to the East side with your own vehicle. But to get through the Canyon on a weekend, you will have to take the shuttle once February 19th hits. And then, so that means with the race happening March 5th, um, full shuttle service isn't resuming as far as weekdays, weekends, everything until March 19th. So 
keep that in mind when you're visiting. If you're here at the expo or the day before, whatever you're doing, you want to be in the park. Shuttles will not be running in the park Thursday, Friday, leading up to the event, but they will be running Saturday. So um, plan, make plans with any wait times that might be involved. Um, shuttles will be required on the mat or masks will be requ required on those shuttles through the park. Just talk to a park ranger if you have any additional questions regarding timelines and hikes and things that you want to be doing while you're there visiting. Yeah, so that's so Saturday plan for shuttles. You'll have to park at the visitor center and take a shuttle in. But if you're there yep. earlier in the week, then you'll be able to drive your own vehicle in. The only thing that gets dicey there is parking. So if the right. parking is available, so it just is dependent on parking availability in the canyon. But it is kind of great when you can drive in. So I, I encourage you to get there early to to do a yeah, little drive take in advantage of that and, you know, make an early day out of it, get, get your legs stretched out a bit. You don't have to do anything super strenuous, but you get a chance to kind of be on your own timeline when you're, you've got your own vehicle in the Canyon, and then you can just go on another drive on the East side. If you've got that time. Nerding out on data, perfecting the optimal training and nutrition plan, aiming for progression in PRs, Sound like you? Well, Gnarly Nutrition can relate. Featuring a full line of honest sports nutrition products, Gnarly provides the best nutrition possible for all types of mountain athletes. Because they offer great tasting and reputable products, Vacation Races trust Gnarly to be the on-course hydration sponsor. With the low-calorie, high-electrolyte Gnarly Hydrate for shorter races and the calorie, electrolyte, and amino acid-filled Gnarly Fuel 2.0 for longer races. Gnarly is here, taking the bonking out of your big day. Use code vacation 15 during checkout at gonarly.com for 15% off. All right, Anna. So while we're here, drop one place that you, one hike in the Canyon, because there's other places in Zion and we'll talk about other places that you can go visit, but one hike that you would do maybe leading up. What's, what's the one? Um, this, this is probably underrated, but have you ever done the sand bench trail? No. Is that the it, one from the grotto? It's before that, I want to say. Okay. It's been a few years, so I can't remember the name of the stop. It's it's very, very early. It's almost, it might be the first stop after the bridge. Court of the Patriarchs. But okay. It's it's not the easiest, but it's not difficult. Like, it's not like you're going to be super sore if you do this. There's some sand, obviously. That's why they call it that. So you got to get up on this sand bench and you're hiking around and they actually use it for equestrians also. And oh, so that's okay. why the trail can get churned up. Yes. Um, but it's really pretty. It's a unique section of Zion that um, you're kind of next to a wall versus looking down at the wall. Like if you're up on Angel's Landing or Observation Point and you're looking down, you're kind of in that middle step, so to speak, before you're down below at river's level. So Sherry, my fellow coworker and vacation races member, she and I have done that hike a couple of times and it's actually kind of fun. So if you want to get off the beaten path, maybe consider something like that. Yeah. Okay. So it is court of the court of the patriarchs is you're right. It's a first stop after the bridge. Okay. Once you hit the Canyon junction and it's about three and a half miles to do a complete loop out there. And it has like a 200 foot ascent. So it stays down in the Valley. And so you're mm -hmm. seeing all those, they call them the patriarchs rising up from the the ground all the way up to, I mean, the West Temple is 8,000 feet 
high. And so you're at about, so they rise about 4,000 feet above you. It's kind of crazy. So that's awesome. Okay. So sand bench loop right there, court of the patriarchs. That's what she would go with. I would say if you're going to go in there, lower emerald pools, I think emerald pools to get, especially if there has been some rain or some moisture in Zion, you'll get some waterfalls and you'll get to see that and it will be It'll be great. So those are some recommendations if you're coming in a little bit early. And we'll talk more about how you can visit and explore Zion and maybe earn some extra swag as mm-hmm. we get going. So we've got the expo. That's going to happen 12 to 6 on Friday. Bibs are still available till 7 p.m., but the expo won't be. So what's the difference between that? So expo meaning all of our vendors and things, people that you can shop and you know, get advice from. So we've got various vendors coming and that will last until six, but all of that will start closing down. One is the sun is setting and two, you've got to get your bib and get dinner and get to bed. So try to show up as soon as you can. Obviously, if you're coming late or if you just have a long commute for that day coming from somewhere farther away, we will be open till seven. If you can't make it at that time, we'll still have early morning bib pickups. So no need to fear if you can't make it. Um, and if you've got other plans, or if you're just arriving later than you expected, we do have last minute bid pickup race morning at the start line. Okay. So no, no stress if you're a little bit late, but we'd love to see you at the expo. That helps everybody out. Cool. All right. Let's, let's just transition straight to Saturday morning because we got to talk a little bit of shuttles. Okay. So we got to talk logistics depending on where you're staying. Let's start with somebody who's staying in Springdale. I've got my reservation. I'm staying in the town of Springdale, which is where the finish line is going to be located. How's my race morning going to look as far as shuttles? So if you're in Springdale, um, let me just preface that there is no parking at the start line. So everybody will either need to shuttle to the start line or get dropped off. So if you're staying in Springdale, we have allocated four shuttle pickup spots And that's in the race guide. And it's also going to be in an email coming out to you. But what you're going to want to do is look at your hotel in relation to these four stops. You might be staying at the actual hotel that we are stopping at, or you're nearby close enough that you can walk to. We've basically, we've laid it out in a strategic way that it should be within walking distance of any of these four spots. Yeah. The town of Springdale, not very big. Yeah. Not very big. And usually most of the hotels are clustered closer to the park but there's a handful that are a little further away, which is why we have all the stops that we've built in. So depending on where you're staying, we will have um, shuttle pickups at the following four locations, Cable Mountain Lodge, which is where the finish line and expo was the La Quinta Inn and Suites, which is just a little bit further down. I think um, there's a, there's a quite a few hotels in that area. And also the Holiday Inn Express it's nearby, but enough hotels that we've got that third stop built in. And then lastly, it's a little bit distance away from the rest. It's called Majestic View Lodge. Um, That's quite a large hotel, a couple other places nearby. So if you are near any of those four, that is where you're going to want to walk to. And I want to emphasize walk to because if you're staying at a hotel, usually you're given a parking permit to park at that one hotel. You wouldn't get it and you couldn't park at another hotel. So make sure and leave your car where you are, wherever you're staying and walk to those locations to load. All these shuttles will be kind of pending inside of those parking lots now, not out along the street. So just walk over. You'll see these large shuttle buses in the morning, um, beginning at 430 AM, you will load onto those shuttles. Okay. So 430 is when I need to be out to those shuttle stops. Mm-hmm. So get out there by 430 and are, are the, 
I know there's more than one shuttle that will be picking up at 430. Yes. There'll be multiple shuttles. So people who are out there will be able to get on. Um, what about, are the shuttles making multiple trips? How does that work? So we want to encourage everybody to try to get on that first shuttle or first shuttle pickup time. Again, we've, we've, as Colleen mentioned, we'll have more than one shuttle for these locations, but um, we are only going to make a second run. We should be able to fit everybody, almost everybody, if not everybody, the first run. So shuttles will load at 430. They'll leave by five. If there's enough people, or if we didn't get everybody picked up on that shuttle, we'll definitely have more shuttles to go for a second run but don't count on it. So plan on being on that first shuttle or first shuttle pickup time between 4.30 and 5, um, just because it helps us get things moving along quickly at the start line. And we don't want to send back more shuttles than necessary if, if you weren't accounted for. So if there's not a line of people that didn't make the first run of shuttles, we most likely won't send a shuttle back there. We might have one that you know picks up anybody left over, but um, the last absolute shuttle that will be leaving Springdale is 6 a.m. So please plan on being on that first group of shuttles. Okay, that's good advice is get there early. Make sure you wear some warm clothes, bring some warm clothes. We'll have gear drop available for you at the start line um, as well as on the course. And we'll talk through that as well. But um, wear some warm clothes because it can be chilly in the morning. Hopefully not epically chilly like it was in 2019. We won't speak of that t- temperature hope, hope with hopes that it will never be like that ever again. But 4.30 in the morning, get on those shuttles. Now, that's if you're staying in Springdale. So you have those four options, Cable Mountain, La Quinta, Holiday, and a Majestic View. But stay your, say you're staying maybe in Laverkin, which is, if you're familiar with the area, it's kind of off the plateau. It's the first major-ish city that you come to outside of Zion. So if you're staying down in the Hurricane, Laverkin, even St. George area, or maybe mm-hmm. have an Airbnb in Tokerville or something like that, there is a pickup available on that side as well. So where's that? So that is, it's 500 North, but it's essentially highway nine or state route nine. It's the same road that leads through all of the cities leading to Zion, um, but it's just down the hill. So what we've done is put a shuttle stop on the North and South side of that road so that you're not having to walk across a major highway. Um, There are two locations that hit, River Rock Roasting Company has, and their drive-through location is where you will park if you're on the north side and or walking over from those nearby hotels or on the south side in Laverkin, there is a city office building, um, a neighborhood park, and also you can park along the, the edges of the streets there. Just be careful not to park in front of people's driveways and whatnot. And so there will be two strategic shuttle pickup spots down there that you will park and walk over to, whichever one is more convenient for you. All right. So if you put Laverkin Park in your little Google Maps, that will get you right where the area that we're talking about. And you mentioned River Rock Roasting. Are they going to be open early in the morning? I don't think they'll be open as early as 430, but they will be open once you get back to your vehicle. Okay, good. Because there's a lot of people who have been to Zion before. They know about River Rock and they're like, oh, we're parking at River Rock. This is their kind of satellite location. (laughs) So they will have some great coffee and maybe some cinnamon rolls for you when you get back so that you can have have some recovery at River Rock. So that's that's your Laverkin option. So if you're staying in St. George, you're staying, as we would say, down the hill, that's where you're going to want to park. And those shuttles, again, same timeline for those, Anna? Yes. Exact same timeline, loading at 4.30, leaving by 5, um, second round if necessary, but please try to make it during that first round. Okay, perfect. And what about people 
who want to be dropped off. They've got some spectators. They're like, oh, my spectators are just going to drop me off. How is that going to work? Because there's no parking at the start. Absolutely no parking at the start. So your spectators can't come to the start and you can sit in the car and stay warm. It's not going to work that way. Yeah. If you've got somebody taking you, that's great, but it's a drop off and keep moving along. Um, one thing is we have to close the road eventually. So that's why you can't just sit there pending in your car. So what's going to happen is you're going to be allowed to have drop or we're allowing drop offs from 5am to 6am. It's a short window due to the need to close the road. So We want to make sure you're not stuck as a person dropping off a runner. And if you are a runner listening to this, uh, please let your spectators or friends and family who's dropping you off know of these details. So they aren't just hanging around the area and waiting to maybe catch a glimpse of you running because most likely they'll miss you if they're waiting behind the road closure. So from five to 6am that window, you're going to be turning from highway or SR nine North onto Colab Terrace road. Um, we will send out details in an email to you. If you are planning to do drop-offs, we'll, we'll put some more information on the website as well, but essentially you're going to drive about a quarter mile on Colab Terrace road, drop off the runner, and then continue on this circular route to exit and get back onto the highway. Okay. So it will be an easy drop-off, but it is just that. It is a drop-off. And mm-hmm. what time does drop-off end? I think that's important to know. 6 a.m. is the cutoff for drop-offs. Okay. So if it's 6.15, if it's 6.10, if it's 6.30, that drop-off area will be closed. Right. Plan so. accordingly. Um, it might it might sound a cold thing, but we will have... Um, a warming tent there for you. We encourage you to get there early. We've got all kinds of giveaways. We have raffle prizes and things like that. So please plan on being there earlier. You might think it's too early, but it's not. There's a lot of people to get situated. You've got gear check to take care of, but we'll have hot chocolate, coffee, bananas, warming tent, things like that so that you stay warm and occupied. Yeah, it won't Speaking be. Speaking of occupied, we'll have toilets as well. We will have no toilets, everyone to the trees. No, please use the porta potties. And speaking of porta potties, we'll have plenty of them on the course as well. And we'll talk through those aid stations. But yeah, the start line, we're going to have a lot of fun. We start those raffles. I think we're starting raffles at 515. So raffles are going to be there. You'll be able to, you'll have a raffle ticket that's actually on your bib. You'll be, find me. I'll be holding up a lighted little box and you can put it in there and we'll give away a bunch of raffle prizes. Everybody will stay warm in the tent and yeah, we'll be good to go. Start time is what time? 7 a.m. Okay, so we're going to have gear check available. We talked about that. So the start line gear check, a little bit different than a gear drop. So kind of walk me through what that start line gear checks for. So what gear check is, is you can shed any layers that you don't, like you're going to keep warm, shed any layers that you won't want to run with, but we will take that gear check to the finish line. So when you show up to the start line, we'll have a table with some, white garbage bags and some markers laid out for you. And you're going to put your, your name, first name, last name, and your bib number on that trash bag, and then put anything you want in there. And when we say anything that kind of has an asterisk, we highly discourage you from putting things of value that could fall out of the hole or a hole in the bag or something such as your car keys or a cell phone or your credit card or night. Yes. So make sure you keep that on your person. um, If it's things like that, but this is mostly for layers of clothing, or if you are a heavy sweater and you just want a fresh change of clothing for the finish line, put things like that in this gear check bag. Once you label it and put all your things in there, you'll leave it with us and we will transport that to the finish line and we'll lay them out um, according to bib number there at the finish. 
Okay, so super easy as far as gear check goes. And at this juncture, I kind of want to make a little, you know, talk about we have another podcast that's like a welcome and an introductory podcast into all things vacation races. What you see out on the courses, because things are very similar from course to course. So if you've never run with vacation races before, now's a good time to press pause on this episode and go find that welcome and introductory episode and listen through that because it's going to give you a whole bunch of information about our cup-free aid stations and things like that, that we're not going to get into specifically here, but that are kind of across the board for all of vacation races that you can expect. So that's a good thing to do. So if you've never run with us before, just press pause and then go listen to that other one. It's about 20 minutes long and it will kind of lay out really what you're going to see at every single course for vacation races. Honey Stinger helps you prepare, perform, and recover throughout your athletic journey. Made with delicious honey and organic ingredients, Honey Stinger provides the fuel you need to push harder and go farther. Discover what all the buzz is about on HoneyStinger.com. Use code VACATIONRACE30 for 30% off organic waffles, chews, gels, bars, and hydration to help you sweeten the burn. All right, we've got the start. We've got our gear check in. We're going to have our national anthem and we're going to get started on this beautiful road. As far as the start, is this going to be a mass start? Is it a rolling start? Do I have waves? What's how do I get organized here? It's it's somewhat of a mass start. We're we're going to break up each wave by maybe 30 seconds to a minute wave by wave sent, but it's it's in no way a staggered start that we've done in the past. So Plan on being there and plan on starting shortly after 7 a.m. Say if you're in the final wave, it shouldn't be too long of a wait before you can get your race started. Yeah, we're talking maybe 10 minutes. So don't be like, oh, but I was in the the dark green wave. I didn't think I started until later. Nope. Everybody's starting at the same time. So as we're running, we're running on a highway, SR9, Mm -hmm. that goes into the park. When we're on that highway, what side of the road are we running on? How does that look? So for the first mile-ish, the roads will be closed with a pilot car just for your own safety to get the bulk of the runners out and about. You all will naturally, you know, find your groove, find your rhythm and your pace, and um, the the crowds will thin out naturally. So you'll go from having the road to getting shifted to the shoulder as we go. And then, so you're going to be running either parallel on or with the uh, SR nine the entire time. So okay. you'll be on the road and then you'll shift to the shoulder. And then once you're on the shoulder, once you get closer into Springdale, you're actually going to get onto a pedestrian path. And then from there, you're going to get into a bike lane once that path ends. And then from there on, you'll stay in the bike lane all the way until the finish line. And we're always going to be running on the right-hand side of the road. Yes. Okay. Always on the right-hand side of the road, which is a little bit different. If you were out for your regular run, you'd be running against traffic. We'll actually be running with traffic. So that's how that's going to work on that. And yeah, it should, it should be great. And this is, it allows for, there, there's plenty of area. A lot of the shoulder action SR9 is quite large now. They, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's lots of places where it's quite large, so it should be great. But one note to spectators, I think that's important to have is if you're driving, you've dropped off your runner, you went down to River Rock, they opened, you got yourself a cup of coffee, and then you want to go to Springdale. There's going to be some traffic on the way into Springdale because of the course. And so just some patience. Is that what we would suggest with that? Yep. Ask for your patience. If, if you don't want to wait, you want to beat the race if, if you will. So if you 
aren't going to want to wait behind traffic. So we're going to be closing the road for a roughly half an hour for the race to get started and everybody get going. And so you're there's definitely going to be some delays. And then once runners go from on the road to the shoulder, you still could have some delays just because instead of portions of the highway that are two lanes, it might only be one lane at that point. So given there could be kind of a, a morning commute, if you will, from, for the workers heading to Zion or to Springdale that morning, you could be behind them. So keep that in mind. And yes, we do ask for your patience. Also, please avoid stopping along the side to honk and yell at your runner and cheer them on. Obviously, if you're continuing to move, feel free to cheer on the runners, but please do not pull off to the side. Definitely don't pull onto the side that the runners are running on because that's only going to block their runner path and going to push them into the road. So as a spectator, please um, follow the police officers, any flaggers we have out on course and do not block driveways or park in places that you shouldn't be parking just to watch a runner come by. Yeah, that's that's good. And this inf- this information is really particular to Zion, too, because it's just it can get a little bit trafficy out there as people are mm-hmm. coming and going. So just be extra patient that day or just get right into Springdale. That's a great idea. Yeah. Get in before the race. The Springdale, get parked. And then that might be your best way to see your runners and cheer on all of the runners. Yeah, there's lots of there's a lots of coffee shops and things like that that you can go to in Springdale. Okay, so we've got the runners out on the course. There's going to be six aid stations out on the course. Let's quickly just talk through those aid stations, what's available at them, and where is our loose clothing drop? Okay, I'll do loose clothing drop first. Um, So your loose clothing drop means if you've got an extra sweater layer or some gloves or a beanie or something that you, you're like, okay, I've finally warmed up and I'm ready to do this race and I've, you know, I need to shed a layer. That's only going to take place at the first aid station you're going to come to. So at that aid station, we will have either a pickup truck or a couple bins that are separate from our trash receptacles that you can shed those layers into. And it will be clearly marked or the aid station workers there will let you know. So that doesn't have to be in a bag, right? We don't have to put our clothes in the bag. Okay. Absolutely. It can be just a loose piece of clothing. We do recommend if it's something that's uh, near and dear to your heart, maybe consider a different article of clothing (laughs) just because it could get dirty or, you know, wrinkled up and bundled up with everybody else. But essentially all that loose clothing gets collected and brought to the finish line. It will be laid out on a tarp next to where gear drop will be located. So you can go retrieve those items. Just don't forget to pick up your gear check bag, as well as any loose clothing that you discarded at the first aid station. Okay. So first aid station, loose clothing drop, we'll bring it to the finish line for you and you can retrieve it then. And then the aid stations, six total aid stations, they come about every two miles after mile three. Yep. Okay. So plenty of opportunities to fuel up. What kind of fuel do we have on course? So we will have gnarly hydrate as your um, hydration electrolyte for replenishment. We'll have water, of course, as well as honey stinger gels. Okay. And then some cut up fruit, maybe a little bit later in the, in the aid stations around closer to mile seven. Seven and nine is typically our seven and 11, seven and 11. Yeah. Okay. So some cut up fruit. So plenty of opportunities to fuel up. And, you know, Anna, you mentioned that gnarly hydrate, I think in these cooler, uh, you know, we're assuming this is going to be a cooler temperature start. It could get a little warm depending on what the weekend forecast is, but that electrolyte is really important. We're really dry here in Southern Utah, really dry. And you just need that electrolyte. Typically people won't realize they've dehydrated until it's a little too late as far as a race situation on catching up and replenishing. So early on in the race, earlier than you think, 
um, so that it can, you can sustain your energy and your hydration, which aids in you receiving your, your nutrition in your food base and you know, your honey stinger and whatnot. You absorb those calories better when you are hydrated. Yeah. It's going to help everybody out. And Again, plenty of aid stations. Every aid stations will have porta potties as well. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about that. There will be porta potties. Can I tell you a funny Zion, like going way back in the day, the very first Zion? So we didn't have porta potties at every single aid station, or we or we allocated them a little bit differently. And so we have aid stations about every two miles. So about mile three, about mile five. And I know we made the decision to put the bulk of the porta potties at the aid station that was at mile three. Remember the whole discussion. So we put them there and I was working the course at the time. So I was pulled up in a truck on the side of the road, kind of watching the aid stations, monitoring how things were going. I get to mile five and there is a porta potty line like no other porta potty line I have ever seen in my life. There was literally (laughs) like 75 people in this porta potty line. And of course at mile three, there was absolutely no one using the porta potties at all because nobody needed to go at mile three. They all needed to go at five. So you are so lucky because 10 years down the road, we know about these things and we make sure that the resources are where they need to be. But that was one of our growing pains. I just remember calling Lyle and being like, you should see how many people are trying to go to the porta potty. Uh, just a little sneak peek behind the curtain of what happens. And when we make decisions and we realize that those decisions probably weren't exactly what we thought they were supposed to be. So well, plenty of porta potties for you. No porta potty yes. lines. I do want to make a mention about porta potties. So we are having great outdoors service our toilets this year, which means these are compost toilets. Oh, so if okay. we're not familiar with composting toilets, um, we have a little section in our race guide near the end that just describes what to expect. Um, don't be too surprised by it. You're, you're gonna walk up to it and it's gonna look just like a regular porta potty. We're gonna have, within addition to regular stalls at the start line, we will have, um, it's called a shipping container and a trailer version. It's still used the exact same way. So when you go to use one of these composting toilets, you're gonna use it like you would like a regular porta potty, only instead of, well, in addition to your regular business and wiping, you were going to use a scoop <laughs> of sawdust to dump into the same receptacle. So our, our, our phrase is one scoop for number one and two scoops for number two and two plus if necessary. So basically <laughs> the sawdust use is acts as a deodorizer and it starts getting the composting process going. So it essentially covers up the smell and helps mix in. So as without getting too graphic, it's, it's not too complicated. It's not no, too it's hard not. to understand. You just use it like you do. There's a little bucket or a pail of sawdust in each stall or room, and you're going to scoop some sawdust and dump it over the top and you're good to go. Yeah, it is. They're actually quite easy to use. We use them on our ultra courses all the time. They've been used for years and years and years. So it's good to see them out there because again, with vacation races, we try to recycle, reuse and repurpose as much as possible. And that includes your waste, you guys. I mean, it really does. We reduce our impact because that waste is actually taken and it's composted down and it's actually used as a fertilizer. So I know, just think you're, you're giving back (laughs) (laughs) Uh, when you're using the porta potties, the composting toilets from great outdoors. So that's a that's good, and I'm glad you walked us through that. It's kind of funny to talk about pooping and porta potties, but you know what? It's a good. It's a thing. big deal. It it's is a big thing. deal. It's a very important it's a part thing. of your race. 
We, there's no holds bar. When we're talking about endurance sports, if you haven't been in endurance sports for very long, there is no topic that is that is off limit. You just talk about it all. Just is yeah. how it goes. So everybody goes through it. Everybody does. Everybody does. All right. So we're going to get everybody to the finish line. It's going to be great. I love this finish line because like we said before, you are literally at the gates of Zion when you are finishing. It's a beautiful view and we're going to have our photographers will be out on the course. Lucid Image Photography will be out there. You get free race photos. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just going to be great. You'll be able to finish. We've got some food available at the finish line for you. Of course, you'll have your big vacation races, 10 years Zion Half Marathon race medal that you'll be getting. You'll be able to pick up your gear check, and then we just send you into the park to have a great time. But before we go there, Anna, I wanted to talk about race joy. Race joy is something that we've really been developing over the last few years, and it's really fun. This will be the first time I think we've used it on this course, the original course. Yeah, Yeah, as far as this course, we used it last year for our modified course we had up at Wire Mesa, but we will have new tidbits and fun facts for you for this course. Yeah. So tell us what race joy is. So race joy is a runner tracking and cheering app that is partnered with run sign up, which is the registration system you use when you sign up for the race. Um, it's a third party app, um, that you can download. You can just look, search it on the app store, or Google play store, um, race joy. And what that is, is it integrates with our course. And so you can start your race. And um, when, when you actually start the race, you will start your race on the app itself. Um, and then people who are spectators, they can send you cheers. But in addition to that, um, there are some synced up time spots, if you will, that as you're going along the course, you're going to hear Colleen's sweet voice come in and give you fun facts about Zion, the area, historical things, maybe some funny things. And it's just a really fun way to get this added benefit and added details for the area you're running in that you might not have known otherwise. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Anna, do you remember when we were in Mount Rushmore and we were out on a hike? We weren't even on the course and we were listening to our race joy from the Mount Rushmore because you hadn't yes. listened to them all. And I was like, Anna, let's listen to them because they really are fun little things. It's kind of like an an audio tour guide that yeah, you have totally. while you're running. So if you have your headphones in or some people have actually played it out of the speaker about every mile or so, you'll just get this little tidbit of cool information about Zion, about the area, about the history. And so make sure you download race joy. If you're wanting to be tracked by a spectator, they need to download race joy as well. So you yes, both have to have that is it an on. important detail. Yes. So you'll both need the app so they can talk to each other um, they'll, they'll follow you as a spectator and you as a runner will be a participant and then they can see your progress and send you cheers if they'd like. Yeah, it's super, it's a super fun thing. So we encourage you to use that as well. And speaking of spectators, one thing I did want to hit on Anna is some spectator transportation, if we will, in the town of Springdale. Of course, we don't have spectator spectators who are coming from down the hill. So Leverkin, St. George, Hurricane, Tokerville, that area. You can drive into Springdale. There's parking available in Springdale. It is paid parking. That's city of Springdale paid parking. So just be careful. If you're parking in Springdale, you probably need to be paying for it or it needs to be permitted. But if there are some spectators who are staying at some of the local hotels in Springdale, we do have some shuttles that will be running on race day, Saturday only. Yep. So if you are staying close enough, um, please just walk to the finish line. There's a lot of hotels that are in walking distance of the finish line Um, that will help you know, alleviate any shuttle congestion, but also just helps you get to the finish line that much quicker. And you can stop and get some coffee on the way or whatnot. 
but we're going to utilize those same shuttle stops that we used pre-race in the morning for our runners. They will be approximately the same location for post-race. So what that means is we're taking runners from the finish line back to those locations after the race. But in addition, you as spectators can take advantage of that shuttle and hop on. So what's going to happen is they're going to be westbound, so to speak. So you're going across the street from the opposite side of where the runner traffic is heading. So the runners are headed towards the park. Yep. The shuttle pickup will be on the away from from the park. So it's on the other side of the road. Okay. Yep. They're going to utilize the opposite side of the road just so there won't be any conflict with runner traffic and vehicle traffic. So those same stops, it's in your race guide on page 10. Those same stops, um, Cable Mountain Lodge, meaning the finish line. So you'll get in on any of those other three stops to get to that fourth stop, which is Cable Mountain. And those will be circulating as they pick up runners and spectators from the finish. They'll circulate and stop at each of those stops in Springdale. So you're happy, you're feel happy to get on at any of those other stops to get yourself to the finish line. Okay, so that's great for spectators and those of you who are riding the shuttles in the morning from Springdale, you'll be able to hop on those Springdale shuttles. If you took a shuttle from Leverkin to the start line, we'll also have shuttles that will be returning to Leverkin to your parking spots after you finish the race. So wherever we picked you up in the morning, we're going to bring you back to once you finish. So if you're staying at um, the Marriott across the street in Virgin, So say you're staying at those hotels or say you're staying at the, the RV park nearby, you're going to walk to the race start in the morning because it's that close since there's no parking, but there's no shuttle pickups directly in Virgin. You're just going to walk over to the finish line. So if you want to get back to your hotels with the shuttle ride, you'll get on those same shuttles that are um, leaving from the finish line that are taking people to Leverican. So we'll make a stop, drop off some people at the start line, so to speak probably be at the hotel and then it will keep heading down the hills, what we call to Leverkin. I keep forgetting that there's hotels there at the start line. Yeah. When we started this 10 years ago, it was an empty field and there was nothing there. And now there's two hotels, right? Anna, is it yeah. two? two? Two hotels are located. A river right resort. There are, um, there's glamping up the oh, road a little right. bit. Yeah. There's those little cabins and those little tiny houses structures that are on the north side of the highway. So yeah, there's, there's quite a few opportunities to stay in Virgin. So we won't forget about you as far as giving you a ride back to your place after the race. And Virgin, the town of Virgin is actually where the start line is located. So right there. So, okay. So we'll get everybody back on those shuttles and that will be super easy. And I was kind of looking at the demographics, Anna, of the racers who are coming to this event. We've got all 50 states represented, which is good. Yay, Rhode Island, Delaware, all 50 states, Connecticut. I love it. You guys showed up. It's generally those East Coasters. Some of those small East Coast states is the ones that we're missing. We got four countries, of course, Canada, Great Britain, and Mexico, plus the United States are going to be there. 21 teams so far. We may have more teams than just that. And we've got... 60, almost 60% of our runners have never visited Zion National Park. What? I know. I know. That's crazy, right? That is crazy because that's a really high percentage for Zion. 
because Zion's um, visitorship has just exploded in the last few years. The pandemic was the best thing that could have happened may, or the worst thing, depends on how you look at it, <laughs> to Zion National Park. Um, so it's cool to bring so many people to Zion for the very first time. You guys are in for such a treat. Yeah, I'm excited for you, 60% of people. I, I mean, know. I'm excited for everybody to come back to Zion. I know. Of course, Anna and I just live right here. Zion's like our backyard. So it, it's kind of great. Demographics wise, that's, that's really cool to see that. I also wanted to do a shout out to our Wander Project Charity Bib Runners, because of course, Wander Project is the the nonprofit arm of Vacation Races, where we raise funds that we can put back into communities, put back in these areas and these projects around the national parks. And just a shout out to Amy Ben Horn. She does an amazing job with Wander Project. And if you ever want to do a charity bib, Amy is going to help you out. But we have, let's see, we have seven charity bib runners. We've got Emily Godward, Diane Zokas, Shell Navarre, Georgia Dow, Malia Bruce, Carolina Lopez, and Jennifer Holub. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. Seven athletes have already raised a thousand dollars or more wow. on their own projects and doing to earn money to give back to Zion and the, its communities. So as our thanks to them, we give them a free race entry. Oh, amazing. I mean, since 2015, Wonder Project has donated over $1 million, Anna, because of this fundraising. And this is kind of cool. Heather Lum, she was our top fundraiser, charity bib runner in 2021. She's joining us at Zion. This is her fundraising prize. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So Heather, welcome back. We're glad to have you. And again, if you want to find out anything about charity bibs, when you register for any vacation races event, you have that option to select a charity bib or just go to wanderproject.org and you can get all the details there as well. And you can always make a donation to Wander Project too whenever you run our races. So we'd we love that. And Amy will be set up with a tent at the expo. They've got some cool Wander Project swag that you can go and grab. And all of it, again, goes towards Wander Project and these really cool things that they are doing. Amazing. I want to go back for a second, Anna. When we're talking about 60% of runners never been to Zion before, how are people going to know what to do in Zion? There's so much in Southern Utah. You and I live here. And honestly, let's be honest. We probably rarely go to Zion because there's so much else to do in this area. True. <laughs> so, I mean, we love Zion. We really do. We just don't want the crowds. So we get really, really particular about our yeah, beautiful it's places. it's not that we're sick of Zion because we, no, we're not. we are not. But it's a little bit of an effort when it comes to uh, planning your timing accordingly so that it's not terribly busy because we have been spoiled with Yes. lesser busy times. And so we we can be choosy. And when we pick and choose when we do stuff. Yes, we do. But you need to make a plan. And we have this really cool app or this challenge. So Anna, tell us about how that works. Okay. So we have this app. It's called Spark Challenges. Um, there is a download link on the website as well as in the race guide. This is an app we've partnered with um, Virtual Running Club. So they've created this app called Spark Challenges. And within that, we have uh, an activity or a challenge that we offer for every single race location for vacation races. So for the Zion Half Marathon, we have what's called the Zion Explorer Club. So once you download the app, you're going to go to their challenges section and then find the Zion Explorer Club challenges. Once you go into that, you will see a whole list of all sorts of activities, hikes you can do, places to eat, things to see, and even some history and stewardship related activities that you can do. So depending on your activity level, 
um, how you're feeling after the event, if you're crazy tired legs, or if you've got people who maybe not be able to do as strenuous of hikes, there are activities and options for all different abilities in that. So in addition to things that you can do in Zion, we also have suggested things outside of Zion because we know it can get crowded. And depending on where you're staying, it might be a little less convenient. So we send you places such as East Zion, Kolob Canyons area or Kolob area of um, Zion National Park, even things in Hurricane and San Hollow. We even mentioned a couple other state parks because we've got a handful of state parks in the area that are, um, you know, Beautiful. nothing compares to Zion, <laughs> but it's quite quite good. It's just yes. below that benchmark as far as Zion. So there's some cool things that we've kind of put together and we've taken pull from fellow employees of some of our favorite spots. So you could be getting some little gems in there that you might not otherwise know about. Yeah. And there, there's even recommendations on places to eat and fun mm-hmm. treats to get and things like that. I have to say, I'm going to throw out, here's our Easter egg challenge to everybody. Okay. You ready for the Easter egg challenge? We do this in a lot of our podcasts. Lyle and I started this where we put a little something in the podcast and we see if you guys actually do it. What I want you guys to do, and you have to come and report back at the event when you come and see me, I'll be at the race info tent at the expo. I want you to go to one of these Utah famous drive through soda places. Okay. <laughs> there's one in Hurricane called Fizz. They're in St. George. There's a couple of Fizzes. They're also called Swig. We have, oh my gosh, Mixed. There's a whole bunch of them here. One called Pop now. Pop, that's right. But we have Pop as well. Basically, think of it as Starbucks for soda, right? Yep. Am I explaining that right? Exactly right. I tell people it's it's kind of like a bar is, with no alcohol. <laughs> yeah. And the key thing is, as far as like making it big in Utah, it's got to be drive through friendly. <laughs> yes. drive through friendly. You've got to be able to get your sugar as quickly as possible and as, uh, in as large a effort. <laughs> okay. So you need to find one of these places because you can make any concoction you want. Anna, what's your favorite drink if you're going to one of these places? So if I, if I go to a place such as Swig, this is not a paid sponsorship. This is not, this is not, this is our Easter Texas tab. So, uh, a lot of people get what's called the dirty Dr. Pepper, which is a Dr. Pepper with coconut, but a Texas tab is coconut cream. So there's a creamy aspect mixed in there. So it's a creamy coconut mixed in with that Dr. Pepper. I like it. I like it. So if I'm going to Swig, Swig, see every place has a different name for these different drinks. I like Pretty in Pink at Swig because it's a water-based, like a soda water-based drink. And it Mm. is so good. I absolutely love it. But they have, my kids like, there's a missionary at Swig that's a, that's a like, a Sprite-based drink that they love. Anyway, all the drinks have names. It's a huge soda place. They also have cookies. <laughs> so you've got to go I feel like drink. we should have an ad spot with Swig after we the should. <laughs> but like I said, Swig is one of the names. Fizz is another one. Pop, Mixed. We've got, um, yeah. what else am I missing? There's there's a whole bunch of them. But you've got to go find one of these drive throughs while you're here. Get your big 44-ounce soda and a sugar cookie that's served slightly frozen, and you'll feel like a real Utah when you do yeah. that. Then, so. then you've gotten a real big thing checked off your list as far as like, I've seen Utah now. Yeah, you, you've really experienced Utah. And then you're going to come to the expo, and you're going to talk to me, and you're going to tell me what drink you had at what place. And that's going to be our Easter egg. So we'll see who does that. That's it's we, fun, but we want to, you want to go to the spark challenges app because it's got all those details, those fun places that you can go to help you kind of 
navigate your vacation. And of course, if you've got any questions about the event, Anna is available by email all the time. So Anna, what's your email? My email is Anna, A-N-N-A at vacationraces.com. Anna at vacationraces.com. So reach out to her. Is there anything that we forgot, Anna? I'm trying to think. Did we forget anything? Um, no, I think we're good. There is actually one thing I wanted to go back to on the course. This is just something that myself as a race director wants to ask of all of you as participants. So as you know, Springdale can be, it's a little busy and we make it busier. So in order to maintain our permit and continue to have a good relationship with Springdale, they are happy with us. We're happy with them. We are definitely going to ask you to heed and yield anything that is going on roadwise and the course. So as I mentioned earlier, you're going from running on the highway to the shoulder of the highway, to getting on a pedestrian path, to getting on um, a bike trail. So I just wanted to emphasize the importance of that. Once the pedestrian path ends, you will be pushed onto the bike path. So you're going to have a cone to your left or, or a line of cones to your left, protecting you from drivers that are going to be on the road. And then there's a sidewalk to your right. It's actually really important that you do not go on the sidewalks and that you stay in the bike lane for the remainder of the race. Um, the town of Springdale has asked us to do that. So we're going to have volunteers out there. We'll have some signage to remind you to stay in the bike path, but we just really ask you to heed and yield those things that we ask of you. No, I think that's, that's a great suggestion for your own safety. And it's just to keep congestion low because there's a lot of people in Springdale. You're going to have a lot of spectators there, but there's also a lot of other people who love to come and visit. They love to go out early for coffee. They love to go and watch these events going on. So let's make it a good experience for them as well while they're there. And so good, good suggestion. I think that's a good way for us to go out on, you know, just a big thanks to you guys for coming and for celebrating 10 years with us. It's going to be awesome. It's, I feel like we need to get a birthday cake or something like a big, that's a good idea. We should take our, our new 10 year logo and get a birthday cake and we should order a sheet cake and everybody should get a piece at the expo. I like it. Whoa, everybody. Whoa, I know. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Dane's going to listen to this and be like, what did Colleen promise in the podcast? Well, first I was like, I can make a cool cake. And then you're like, and a piece for everybody. I says, never mind. I just put my hand down. Anna actually makes amazing cakes. Maybe that's another Easter egg. If you get to talk to Anna, you have to ask to see a picture of one of her amazing cakes because she is an incredible creative designer as it, when it comes to anything, but cakes especially. It just blows my mind what she can do. So it's so cool. All right, guys, we will see you in Zion March 4th and 5th for that weekend for the Zion Half Marathon. We're excited to have you here. And again, thank you so much for being part of this Vacation Races community. And thank you for just always coming and trusting us with your race experience. We'll see you guys later. You've been listening to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. We'd love your feedback. Email podcast at vacationraces.com with comments, concerns, or stories you'd love to share. Make sure to watch for more episodes coming soon to vacationraces.com. This episode was produced by Colleen Rue in the Festival Sound Studio. For information about music licensing, contact Dane at vacationraces.com.